You're listening to a Big MX Radio Podcast. Brought to you by Arma Energy. Presented by Fly Racing, W Wheels, Bill's Pipes, Just One Helmets, X-Brand Goggles, Shades of Grey Custom Helmet Painting, Rhino Power Sports Supplements, Roy Borton Suspension, Watts Perfections, and Golden Tire. Simply the best motocross and supercross news from around the globe. And now, here's your host, Brad Gephardt. Welcome to the Arma Energy Drink Big MX Radio Podcast Show brought to you by Fly Racing, X-Brand Goggles, Just One Helmets, and Bill's Pipes. I am your host, Brad Gebhardt. With us on the line, we got the 918 of Michael Akaiden. How's it going, Michael? It's going good, man. How are you, Brad? Hey, not too bad. It's uh, it's a brisk, uh, it's a hovering around zero here in Winnipeg, Manitoba, which is uh, unseasonably warm, which I'm happy about. Um, but uh, uh, you're down in the hotbed of motocross and uh, finished off a pretty uh, eventful weekend, uh, and and uh, <laughs> probably not not on the on the usual side for you uh, at Anaheim too. Um, how, how are you feeling uh, on a Monday uh, after uh, the dust has cl- uh, settled? I mean, honestly, I feel I feel just fine today, man. Um, definitely pumped on the way the events turned out this weekend, and uh, you're just trying to get back on train schedule and uh, move forward. Absolutely. For those who aren't familiar, uh, the 918 uh, is, is, has kind of been flying all over social media as of late. Uh, of course, your bike uh, being stolen right from the tunnel of uh, Anaheim Stadium to uh, um, get be stolen, thrown in the back of a truck. Uh, Brandon Biro uh, was able to uh, snap a photo of it as the uh, as as the. Um, the thieves uh, were, were trying to make an exit, and uh, you were able to recover that bike and uh, and get back to kind of business as usual uh, come uh, come Monday morning. But uh, it was a pretty uh, eventful Saturday. Um, uh, give us a few more details if I haven't already uh, uh, wrapped it up. Okay, I mean I can uh, I can kind of start by uh, start from the very beginning, but yeah, we, yeah, go um, for it. So you know. I made it to the night show, no problem, and uh, had a had a good race and um, decent for me. Didn't make the main, so uh, the mains are right after the LCQ. So I just left my bike uh, in the tunnel, right by the ambulance and the porta potties, right down there. And a couple other bikes were sitting there as well. And we've been doing that for years and never never had a problem. You know, you know it's always in the back of your mind, but um, just did like we always did, and then uh, went up and watched the mains. And um, Coming back down after the main, after the 450 main, dude, my bike was gone. And I was I was half thinking somebody was playing a joke on me, a dirty joke. But after I ran back to the pits and didn't see it there, I was like, this is serious. Something happened. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of how it started. Wow, that's incredible to think uh, like this. This is common practice. This is kind of uh, this is where you guys work. This is no different than um, me. Me at my place of work, I, I put down my tools or I put down something that uh, nine times out of ten or a hundred ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's going to stay exactly where it was. And I'm going to be able to come back and uh, and retrieve it. Uh, you rested your bike along the along the side of the. Um, 
You said right by the, the ambulance, no different than we at a local race would lean our bikes up against a fence, uh, expecting it to be right back just as, as you go back to it. And uh, yours was gone. And uh, um, like how like in the timeline of how, uh, how long the 450 main took, uh, like you have you watched the, the full evening for like both mains. So that's uh, the bike could have been gone for almost an hour. Well, we, we kind of narrowed it down to 20 minutes because uh, okay. some of the AMA guys said they saw it after the 250 main. So the 450 main was, you know, 20 minutes about. And uh, so it was in that time frame. And so we kind of nailed that down. Um, so basically we knew, you know, 20 minutes. And I had to go and look for cameras. Um, you know, I was kind of disappointed the AMA and, and sell the promoters. They Neither of them ever uh, – seem to ever do anything so i went and, and found cameras um i went and talked to anaheim security um and looked at footage and we ended up seeing uh you know an older older guy jump on my bike and take off out of the tunnel wow uh which of course if you're if you see that footage you must be absolutely livid uh to see someone uh have the the gall to uh jump on the uh no doubt uh electric start ktm and uh and yeah. off, uh, flying up the tunnel yeah the button kind of came back and bit me there I'll tell you what <laughs> no kidding uh it fired right up and uh the guy sped off with it um like anyone who knows anything about motocross bikes or has been any time around them knows that uh, two people can easily toss one in the back of a truck bed um, uh, in a matter of seconds. And uh, once that bike was on the back, um, do you think that they uh, they ripped the numbers off before it was even loaded, or was that a like? What were your thoughts there as they were trying to make their exit? Um, it's either they ripped them off before they loaded or just after it because the. The picture that somebody just by chance happened to snap on the road, um, it, the numbers were off the bike at that point. Um, so, but that's the whole thing right there. Like, as soon as I knew the bike was gone, um, my buddy Michael Mathis said, you know, post that on Instagram and, and Facebook and all this. So I was like, oh, I, oh yeah, I should. And so I posted something real quick. And, dude, I can't believe how many people, like, reposted it and shared it to where uh, – that's all that was on my newsfeed for a long time. Like everybody shared it. And, uh, that's, that's the power of social media right there. And, and, uh, this guy happened to see that post and then I guess saw the truck, you know, drive right by where he was and he snapped a pick and got the license. And, um, so if it wasn't for that right there, honestly, I doubt we would be anywhere at this point. Absolutely, because this is uh, this is Southern California. This is uh, a, a deep population, and uh, basically anywhere for this machine to hide, it could be parted out. Uh, it could be stripped down to the frame in uh, within a couple of hours of leaving the stadium, and uh, you, you'd never see it uh, again uh, in, in one piece. Um, and uh, you were able to get the bike back. Um, tell us a little bit about the process of uh, of actually retrieving the bike and, and how relieved you were to uh, get a phone. Most likely get a phone call from the local authorities saying, uh, "Hey, we got your bike." No, that's that's where it's actually the opposite. I'm oh, okay. the one. Me and my buddy Jake Rice were the ones that that actually found the bike. So this is oh. this is kind of the whole story right here. Um, Give it to me. So obviously the Anaheim Police Department. Uh, we we filed a report. They came out, did some stuff, and once we, you know, that's before we knew anything and had a license plate number, nothing like that. So. Um, once uh, Brandon Byro saw the, the truck and the bike and snapped that pick and sent it to me, uh, I called the Anaheim police back and said, all right, we, we have, you know, a license plate. We have a truck and my bike's 
in the back and that's 100% my bike. Um, and they said, they literally said, there's nothing we can do until Monday morning when detec- detectives show up. And I was, uh, dude, I had, I didn't have any words for that. Um, you, you have a huge clue and there's, you just got to jump on something like that. And they yeah. did nothing. They literally said they couldn't do a thing for a, an entire day. So, um, that's when I was like, all right, um, we have a license plate and I had to go back to, I had to take, um, Alex Ray's dad back to, um, Lake Elsinore. That's where we're staying right now. So that's an hour drive in the opposite direction of where the bike was spotted. So I did that and popped on my computer, did as much re- research as I could. Um, and noticed that there was a sticker on the back of the truck that said Taylor tech. Um, so I researched that and luckily was able to reach that guy and he, he saw the picture and saw his sticker too. Um, and he reached out to me and was like, Hey, I want to help you out, whatever I can do. Um, and I said, dude, do you know who this is? And he says, I think I do. And, uh, so it took about an hour, hour and a half for us to find out all the information, um, and who the guy was. And, uh, so I was like, all right, well, I know the area it's, it's at, I'm not going to go to sleep. There's no way I can sleep. It's 2 AM. I grabbed my buddy Jake and I say, Hey dude, let's do this. Let's go find my, my bike. And he jumped out of bed. And, uh, at that point, at that point I hadn't even slept yet. Jake had only slept a couple hours and, uh, we hopped in the truck and, and, uh, we left. So, and then, uh, another cool aspect of this is, um, Carter, Carter Haplane's dad, um, lives in Texas and he happened to see it on social media and he basically contacted me saying he's an, an investigator for an electronic company and he'd like to help me out the best he can, you know, give me advice or whatever it is. So, he jumped on board. So I had, I had an investigator, uh, Steve, and I had the Taylor tech guy. Um, you know, they're, they're both feeding me information that, you know, kept helping me out through the whole process. So, uh, so basically, yeah, we jumped in the truck or my van and, uh, I think it was like a two and a half hour drive up to the Ventura area. And, um, so through the whole process, we were able to get three addresses. Um, one was a business address and, we went there and we couldn't even see, you know, there was nothing there basically. Um, and we went to another address. Uh, so they, we went to all, all three addresses twice and we, we went through a neighborhood like looking, looking around, just see if we can see a, a truck or anything. And, um, because we knew the area he'd be in. And uh, so we were about to call it quits. You know, I had been up for, for a long time, hadn't slept since 6 AM Saturday morning and it was good like eight or nine o'clock on Sunday morning. And, uh, so at that point, dude, I was, I was honestly about to give up. And, uh, so, so the investigator from Texas, Steve, he says, you know, try this one address one more time. But, you know, when we went by the house, the two previous times, we couldn't see the actual house from the street because it was on top of a hill and it was a gated, um, gated driveway. So we ended up having to kind of hike up a, a grassy hill and, walk across kind of little plane to get a view of this is too much uh, yeah dude this is i can't make this stuff up honestly uh <laughs> so so yeah we we just uh by chance we had binoculars in in my van um my buddy steven that we rode out here with he brought those um and so we literally were on a grassy knoll um with binoculars trying to look at the back of this house so that just you can kind of picture where we're at right now just the last re- last resort and then all of a sudden do this white truck 
we can kind of barely see it off in the distance coming on this back dirt road starts driving up towards the house and i thought he had like some trash bags or something red in the back of his truck and my buddy uh jake dude he got the binoculars out and he's looking at it, he's like dude that's your bike and i was like give me those binoculars and it sure enough dude it was i recognized my moto seat and everything all the graphics were stripped off but um I knew it was my bike, and dude, you don't know how freaking pumped we were at that point. I mean, I mean, can you imagine losing your bike, and now you have eyes on it? No doubt. No, that's uh, and of course, I, I don't know about you, but if I if that's my situation, I'm excited, and I'm also seeing red. Um, like it's, it's a mixture of emotions right there. Oh, dude. I mean, we were. I was wore out. I was almost ready to go back home, and. uh I mean, dude, that was a shot of adrenaline right there. Seeing, putting eyes on my bike that I thought I'd never see again. I mean, dude, we were we were high fiving. I mean, everything. So, uh, so yeah. At that point, we we kept watching him. He pulled the truck up to the house, and he had a big blue shipping container uh, behind the house. Kind of sketchy there, huh? Um, yeah. And he opens the container, puts my bike in the container, closes it up, and drives back down this dirt road out of out of our sight. And, uh, so dude, we knew where the bike was. Um, at that point we called the cops. We ran kind of back down the hill and met them kind of out of sight and just started feeding them information, catching them up because they didn't really know much about it. Obviously they're it's a different area. Um, and dude, this is where it gets even crazier. We were telling them just all about, you know, the guy showing them pictures on my phone that we had everything and him, uh, the guy and his truck literally just roll right by the cops and me just while we're standing there. And, dude, we were like, that's him. Go grab him. And within a quarter mile, they had him pull it over, and uh, the rest is history, dude. So not only did we find the bike, but we caught the guy within a good 15 minutes. It was insane. Have you uh, considered getting into uh, criminal investigation whatsoever? I, I feel like uh, in a situation like this, you've really uh, shown an aptitude for being able to uh, track down the uh, the culprits. <laughs> I mean, dude, I mean, I wasn't about to let my bike, you know, just be gone forever. And honestly, it's not even my bike. It was uh, Pro Action KTM. It's a shop in Kentucky that's, uh, you know, really helping me out this year. And they lent me the bike for the season and, so that was even going to be like nine grand out of my pocket, and, and then I'd have no bike. So that's that was even more inspiration and motivation to to find this thing. So yeah, dude, it was it was a surreal feeling to to finally see my bike, and uh, I was happy at that point, dude. I was I was pumped at that point, and then once they you know arrested him, dude, I was even I was just that put us over the top. I couldn't even yeah. explain that feeling. No kidding, uh, you must be uh, like all kinds of elation, uh, just excited to get your bike back, as well as just feel like uh, like justice is served. You, you, you like something that was wrong um, done to you um, by by someone who d- didn't deserve to have that motorcycle, and uh, this time they didn't get away with it because all too often. Uh, garages get broken into uh and and or, or something along the lines of, of of a bike getting stolen you never see the thing again you never, never get an opportunity to see that bike or or get an opportunity to, to to have it back again you were able to hunt that down and uh and and bring these guys to justice and um yeah it's got to feel good dude yeah you have no idea like we were just on an adrenaline rush after that for sure so like the whole process of them talking to him like he was just being a, a huge a-hole to the cops obviously denying everything and making it super hard but uh eventually they they let his or um 
his soon-to-be ex-wife uh, let let the cops into the container, and sure enough, it was sitting right there, just like we saw. So, I mean, it was it was an insane ordeal. Like I still, it's still really hadn't sunk in yet. No kidding. Um, as far as um, your uh, your your bike is concerned, all that was uh, was done to it was the 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 numbers taken off of it, or um, like um, like what kind of shape was it in? All right, so. So basically, the only thing that really happened was they ripped all the graphics off, and that is literally it. Everything else was just the way that we had left it. You know, so I, when we saw the truck pull up with my bike in the back, it, it looked exactly like the picture that we saw um, of it driving down I-5 or up I-5. And uh, so we know he didn't, he obviously just kind of left it like that and never, never really touched it besides peeling all the graphics off. Um, well, that's so, something yeah, you were going to do anyway. Uh, you, you usually put fresh graphics on each race, or, or at least close to every race. So, <laughs> yeah. in, in a way, other than uh, ha- sending you on a wild goose chase, he kind of did you a bit of a favor. Oh, for sure. I mean, usually I let graphics go three or four races, um, and by chance, um, my graphics guy had just sent me out a set for uh, for Oakland. So, uh, dude, yeah, he ripped my graphics off for me. He didn't get all the sticky stuff off the plastic, but I let that slide, I guess. No kidding. Yeah, it's 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 a poor poor job on his part. Uh, I guess uh, in, in his own inexperience, he uh, he did his best with uh, with the tools he had. But uh, you'll be able to, uh, to to buff that out. And uh, I got to imagine with uh, the the attention from social media, everyone from from Cody Webb to uh, Vital MX, everyone myself, I posted about this bike. Um, it's uh, it's it's like. I gotta admit, there's been a bit of an outpouring of support as well as uh, like, have there been a couple of uh, companies that have came up to you and said, "Hey, uh, not only are we excited that you got your bike back, but uh, how can we help in other ways?" Uh, not yet, honestly. Um, and dude, I was I was so pumped to see uh, Cody Webb's. He, I'm always cheering for him, and he, uh, we're we're pretty good buddies. Um, dude, I was I was just it meant a lot for me that that he would share it, and then just there's so many guys that shared it, just that didn't even know me, so. Dude, it was it, that was really really cool. That was an awesome part of the the whole thing, just how much support there was. Um, but uh, yeah, as far as um, support, nothing yet. You know, like I said, I'm not I'm not a loud guy. I'm not not gonna you know make this thing into a huge huge deal. But yeah, I mean, I'd love to have any extra support. You know, my wife and I fund uh, you know probably seventy five percent of my racing. So any help is is definitely appreciated. For sure, and uh, and and going through uh, the rest of the uh, east the west rounds before you head east, um, uh, n- now is kind of your 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 most your most difficult struggle, correct? Like um, not only having to be away from your wife, but uh, um, you're you're always either like paying for accommodations or, or having to kind of uh, um, not exactly know where you're going to be each week here here and there. So it, it's um, right now is the m- more maybe the most trying time for you. In a way, yes, but actually, we, um, so there's a group of seven riders that uh, we all rented a house. Um, actually, our, our coach organizes it all, Brian McDonald, and uh, we go through track every day with him, and he helps us out. A lot of mental stuff and a lot of stuff to track as nice. well. So really, we have a base um, right close to the Lake Elsinore track, um, and honestly, these first six races are all really close to each other, and so we just drive straight from the house every morning and 
Um, you know, but the hardest part, like you said, is being away from, from Maggie at this point. And she, uh, she was coming out, she came out last weekend for San Diego and, uh, with her work schedule, she can't really make it out again until, uh, you know, we meet in Dallas actually. So it's almost a good month, which is, you know, I'm blessed that she's still down for, for racing, uh, because that's what it, you know, it takes, you know, being apart for that long and, and she's still supportive. So, I mean, that means a lot to me from her, um, but uh, yeah, I mean that's. Other than that, I mean, I can't complain. We got a foot of snow um, back in Louisville, or eight inches, something like that. Um, and I'm in sunny Southern California, so <laughs> it's not too rough. Other than the fact that me and Maggie are apart for um, too long of a time. Plus, I'm sure at some point uh, you probably get on her nerves, so she's happy to see uh, get get some time away from you here and there. What? What? Me and Maggie being away from each other? Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's good. We, I don't know, we're we're best friends too. So we we definitely we could be around each other all the time and and uh, be fine. But yeah, I mean stuff like this does bring us closer other times. So yeah, it's not a, not a horrible thing. But I mean for a month long, that's that's a long time though. A week here or there isn't too bad at all. But um, yeah, I may not see her until again uh, until Dallas. So some long distance phone calls in your future then. Yep, yep, it's happened. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so any thoughts to, uh, contact KTM on how you can, uh, get a Kickstarter, uh, installed on the bike or maybe some sort of an ignition <laughs> system with a key or, uh, any, any locking device for the front wheel? Yeah, I've thought about that. Um, you know, I could just kind of un- unplug the condenser or just some electronic part. Uh, but yeah, I'll probably look into getting some kind of lock for, uh, to put on one of the disc brakes or something like that or a sprocket, so. Definitely something. We're not going to let that or, happen. Or, pass, or possibly uh, a helpful suggestion to uh, the folks over at uh, Feld and AMA and Supercross to uh, maybe have a camera uh, uh, installed or maybe even a uh, an extra security guard employed to uh, watch over any bikes that might be uh, left in that in that area. Might, might be worth it, you know. Yeah, definitely. Um, and honestly, like I said before, I'm pretty disappointed that um, AMA nor Feld has tried to contact me or anything to, to help me out or to help the investigation out, anything like that. So, um, honestly, I mean, I don't know. I don't, I hate to bash, you know, organizations and such, but, uh, I feel like they definitely can do a better job and I probably will suggest some stuff, um, you know, for the future because I mean, he just hopped on my bike and, and rode right out of there like it was his job. For sure, yeah. Like it's one of those things where uh, it's often been said if, if if you walk past the security and uh, act like you're supposed to be walking past the security, more often than not, they'll let you do so. Yeah, yeah. If you just act like you know what you're doing, a lot of times uh, you can get away with it. And, and here's another thing: um, through through some some of the people that you know were helping me out, I got a picture of the guy that he took of himself. He took a selfie with, uh, I think it was Twitch, maybe I'm not even sure, but. Um, he made himself a counterfeit press pass, um, and I confirmed that with, with Feld today, that uh, it wasn't anything issued by Feld, and so, yeah, they said it was a counterfeit press pass is what he had made, and that's how he got in, and um, so, uh, yeah, it's, that's kind of the whole deal there. Wow. That like he's yeah. sneak sneaking past uh, into an area where he shouldn't even be in in, in to begin with, and then uh, to to go and execute something like that, um, that's a little bit over the top. Yeah, dude, that that takes 
I mean, I'm assuming he he planned it out because of that. I don't know. I'm not sure if he just made that press pass and and just to get into the race, and then he decided to take the bike, or if he had planned it out from the beginning. But you would think if you planned something out from the beginning, you'd bring a van or a trailer so that you know the whole way home you're not spotted <laughs> with a bike in the back of your truck just leaned over on the on the rails. Uh, so yeah. Well, that's the thing about uh, criminals. You see, uh, most of them, if they were smart enough not not to get caught, they'd also be smart enough to make enough money to buy buy these things on their own. Well, that's a that's a tricky thing there too, because this guy actually had a really nice house. Um, he was going through a divorce right now, but oh. um, he had a nice car. Um, honestly, I, he was just a big old big old hillbilly, in, in my opinion, um, and he just had a big ego thing, I guess, and just decided, hey, I can do whatever I want. I want to take this bike. So that's what I think, because he definitely had a lot of money. Well, he wasn't uh, able to uh, to get that bike, and he was for certainly wasn't able to keep it by any means. And uh, you were back out on the, on the practice track uh, this after or this afternoon, correct? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm here to train and ride and race, so that's what I'm going to do. Well, now that we've got our uh, eyes focused forward and uh, and we've got the bike back, it's all dialed in. Um, as far as your program, you'd mentioned the the seven guys, the seven racers that you're renting the house with uh, and training with throughout the week. Um, who are these? Who are these riders? And um, and and how do you guys feed off of each other to uh, to work together to um, to make those those main events and uh, and be most successful? All right, <clears throat> so. Um, there's there's four of us here that race Supercross, and the other three are um, still amateurs amateurs racing um, you know local A class or, or top of the B class or something. So, but the the four the four of us it's me, Alex Ray, who's uh he's been on fire lately, and then Bubba Polly. the show. Yeah, and then uh, Bubba Polly, he's from Illinois. Um, he's a good friend of mine, and getting he's a uh, he. Oh yeah, this so Bubba Pauly was the guy that got hit by Anderson's bike at A1 uh, when it okay. flew off the track. Um, so he's had a really rough start. Um, and then Bryce Clipple, he's racing East Coast Lights um, for the K1 Speed Team. So he's uh, so all four of us are out here training together, and dude, we'll go, we'll ride and, and train, and uh, Brian will be out there helping us, working sections, working loops, whatever it is, doing fast laps. Then we'll come home and either cycle or run together, and um, yeah, it's it's really good to be able to train with guys like that that are motivated and got their head on straight because uh, you know unfortunately there's some riders out there that uh, aren't aren't having the best programs or they're they're doing things they probably shouldn't be doing so we just we have a good core group of guys here and um, and even our amateur kids um, that we have out here Stephen Vuxen he's from back home with me he came out with me actually and then Jake Rice and then Trevor Tate. Um, all good riders, good top A and B riders, and um, so yeah, everybody's everybody's got a good vibe here. We train hard and we ride hard. No doubt, uh, seven motocross racers uh, sharing one residence. One could imagine uh, that uh, things might not be as uh, neat and tidy as uh, <laughs> as they would be at Mom's house. Uh, who takes uh, care of uh, who takes care of you, you boys, and uh, and who's the most motherly of the uh, uh, who's the who's the mother goose of you guys? Man, honestly, I'd probably be the the mother goose of us. I'm the oldest one here. Um, okay. I, I'm a pretty neat and clean guy, but um, not everybody's, everybody's decent with it. Um, uh, we yeah, there's some messes here and there. There's there's two bathrooms that we use, so it it can be a little messy sometimes. But uh, uh, Brian Brian McDonald, our coach, his wife and uh, 
two twin daughters about uh i think eight or nine years old now i'm not sure um but they're they're all here so liza really helps with a lot of stuff she'll cook some meals for us and i mean it's a, it's a whole program here and it's it's something that's it really works man um so we're i'm definitely pumped to be a part of it Right on. Well, let's talk a little bit more about that program when we get back after these messages from Bills Pipes, W Wheels, and X Brand Goggles here on the Big MX Radio Podcast Show. Still on the line with Michael Akaiden. Hey, this is Jake Weimer with Team Tedder Racing, and you're listening to Big MX Radio. We're going to commercial break. We'll be right back. If there's one item to be picky about, it's choosing the right helmet. I'm Andrew Short, and I choose the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. You too can wear the exact same helmet I wear, Trey Kennard wears, Jimmy Albertson wears, and many others. The F2 Carbon is a helmet loaded with details that make a huge difference in comfort and safety. Lightweight materials, phenomenal airflow, and a super comfortable, sweat-absorbing liner, and generous eye-port design to accommodate any goggle choice are just a few. And did I mention how super trick these helmets look? Straight off the shelf and onto the racetrack. If you are looking for one amazing helmet, look no further than the F2 Carbon from Fly Racing. For more information about Fly Helmets and other products from Fly Racing, visit them on the web at flyracing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with Oats and Bran. Oats and Bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. When it comes to helmets, there is just one. The helmet brand that is. Just One Helmets is tailor-made for motocross and street bike riding, and now available in North America. Who chooses Just One? Well, for starters, Tim Geiser, winner of the Italian round in MX2, David Philipparts, Vicky Golden, Trevor Reese, as well as David Pulley. And you know what? So do I. I choose Just One Helmets because they're simply the safest, lightest, and most comfortable lid available. Want to know more about Just One Helmets? Check them out on the web at www.justonehelmets.com. Find out about the J12 the J32, and all of the colorways that are absolutely blow your socks off. So guys, please head over to www.justonehelmets.com today. Go check them out. You won't be disappointed. The 2014 X-Brand Goggles is back and better than ever. From the Scatter X, Volcano, and Phantom Goggle, X-Brand has the product to make you stand out on race day. The quality of X-Brand products is second to none. Great lenses, incredible frame, and a strap that doesn't wear out. Great tear-offs, zip-off systems, nose guard, and more. Check out eksbrand.com for all of the accessories and pricing. 
WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. What's up, guys? It's time to talk a little bit about Roy Borden Race. He's the performance specialist. Suspension, making a motor work, balancing a bike, or just maintenance. He's got the tools and know-how to make sure that your bike is ready on race day or practice. Roy Borden has strength in years of experience and the best technology and best tools at his disposal. Whether you're getting your forks redone, seals, or a full, full-blown full rebuild on your forks or, or shock. Call up Roy Borton today at 204-633-2722. Bill's Pipes, the home of legendary performance. Since 1974, Bill's Pipes has been providing motocross and off-road riders the performance they need. Two-stroke or four-stroke, Bill's Pipes has the exhaust system for you. In recent years, we've seen a resurgence of the Bill's Pipes brand, and that's great news. And that's great news for motocross racers everywhere. For four-strokes, Bill's Pipes brings the RE13 to dominate the fight on any brand. For you two-stroke guys, the MX2 Bill's Pipes exhaust system is the right one for the job and comes in works, nickel, and the all-new cone look finish that'll turn heads all day long. Head to BillsPipes.com right now and get the same pipe used by Billy Leninovich, Vicky Golden, the JMR Suzuki team, Jesse Pierce, Nico Izzy, and David Cole. Bill's Pipes is craftsmanship at its finest. So go with Bill's Pipes and never settle. And we're back. Michael Akaiden still in the line. The 918 in your program, number one in your hearts. And uh, he's been been working his way closer and closer to get into those main events. Uh, Michael, as far as uh, pre- preparation for the 2016 program went, um, when did you uh, end up coming out to uh, California to uh, focus full-time for, for Supercross? And uh, how do you like to prepare for the season? Uh, is there like a, a fitness boot camp that you throw yourself into? Uh, and how, how, how what time frame do you start to pull together some sponsors and, and make sure that all your ducks are in a row come Anaheim 1? All right, so preseason, I, I take it pretty serious because it's if it wasn't for the sponsors that I have, you know, my season wouldn't happen, obviously. You know, it's me and Maggie with uh, our finances throwing throwing 75% of the, 
uh, or 75 percent of our program comes from from our finances. So I take it pretty serious. Um, so after after the nationals are over, you know, I take a month month off of doing emails and stuff, and then dude, I get back on it pretty quick. You know, I'm pretty persistent with it until I either get a yes or a no or or something. So um, as far as sponsors go, yeah, I'm I try pretty hard to, to do what I do. I hate asking for money, so I I, I don't know. I, I don't do very good with that, but. <laughs> Um, but as far as like physically, dude, I, I've always been a good, good eater. Um, and I do train on, you know, off the bike, uh, year round, but I really start picking up after Halloween because, uh, I'm a candy guy, man. I love me some candy. So <laughs> on uh, Halloween, Halloween, dude, I pig out. And then after that, it's, uh, you know, hardcore. Um, I do Sunday, Sunday, you know, on Sunday, I'll let myself have a little bit of something, but. Uh, the rest the rest of the days of the week, I'm uh, pretty hardcore with my eating, uh, and I I do a lot of running too. So uh, that's always been a part of my program. But I'll tell you what, man, I did something a little bit different this year. I knew I needed to pick up my uh, my streak kind of overall, so I joined a um, a gym called Iron Tribe. It's in uh, it was it's literally like a half mile from my house. It's super convenient to to be at, and uh, it's basically like a CrossFit gym. It's just you know they're a different brand of, of uh, gym. It's called Iron Tribe. And, uh, dude, that, it really, really helped. So three days a week I was in the gym doing some, some pretty gnarly stuff, nothing to, to pump my arms up or anything, but, um, just good strength exercises and cardio stuff there. So, um, so that was really beneficial to me. And, um, uh, uh, I'll give a shout out to the owner of that gym, Noel Corwin. And, uh, he actually rides woods and, um, he's a good rider himself. So I really appreciate what he did for me as far as letting me kind of come to the gym for, uh, quarter of the price of you know what they always charge so um and then so after christmas i worked three more days um at my job and and then um i'm fortunate that my my job lets me take off uh january and most of february to come out to california so i worked three days after christmas and me and stephen buxton hops in the van and drove out and got here the week before um anaheim one so what exactly is uh, your your occupation uh, when you're not uh, being a professional motocross racer? I know uh, at one point you were studying to be a mechanical engineer. Were you able to uh, collect those papers and and put that in, into in practice on a on a week to week job? Yeah, I collected the papers. You know, I I got my uh, bachelor's in engineering, um, and then I actually got my master's in business uh, administration my MBA, um, online after that. Wow. Um, so but basically I haven't used them yet because if I was with a company that, you know, engineering firm or whoever, I wouldn't be able to take uh, Fridays off and wouldn't be able to take a whole month of January off. So I've, uh, I've actually been working for, for Maggie's dad at a plumbing company at Rook plumbing in Louisville, Kentucky. So, um, but yes, 40, 40 hours a week, sometimes 50 in the summer. And, it's a it's a full deal, so it's not horrible. I mean, I enjoy working with my hands, and it gives me the flexibility that I need to uh, pursue my dream of racing dirt bikes. No doubt, uh, supplies you with the finances necessary to make uh, those dreams come true. And uh, and good good on you for not only getting yourself educated, but uh, taking on uh, on a job, a dirty job that uh, not many people are willing to do to uh, um, to, to to make sure that they can do what they want to do. Um, 
As far as uh, your program and, uh, and and all that's involved with it, what would you say is your greatest struggle that uh, you come across on a uh, uh, either a weekly basis or uh, is it a bit of a constant thing for you? Um, it's a good question. <clears throat> I would say, um, you know, right now I have just one bike. Um, and I actually have a bike from last year, a, a Honda 450 that I'm still trying to sell. So as soon as I sell that, um, I should be able to get a, another KTM, but, um, so right now, I mean, financially it's, it's, I'm making it work. It's not the best program. I don't, it's a stock motor, you know, a lot of stock parts and stuff, but, um, you know, I, I do the best I can training wise and riding wise to where, and you know, it's a, it's a 450, so it doesn't have to have a whole lot done to it. So, um, just a practice bike would be, would be nice. But, uh, you know, I, I make do with what I have, and I, I love what I do, and there's no complaining that I can possibly do because I, I travel the country racing dirt bikes, and my wife supports it. So, I mean, honestly, I really I really can't complain about anything. There you go. Well, uh, it, it's nice to know that uh, you've got a, um, the mechanical knowledge to, to, to work on your bike and, and keep uh, one machine going the entire series. The fact that you're able to put it in the night show on a regular basis as well as uh, contest for uh, getting into the main event is uh, quite a testament to not only your own uh, intestinal fortitude but uh, your knowledge of the machine, being able to uh, work on the bike, service the bike, and make sure that it's on point on race day, practice day, and and uh, something that, um, honestly, most of your competition has uh, not not a whole lot of knowledge of, and uh, so frankly, they're not uh, presented th- those same uh, those same hurdles. Yeah, um, you know, I learned to learn how to work on bikes when I was pretty young, and uh, just been doing it ever since. So I mean, I've I've done cranks and top ends, and I don't touch suspension unless it's a just a fork seal or something. But and I don't do uh, motor mods, but. Uh, yeah, anything else I've, I've learned to do. So it keeps it affordable and keeps me uh, keeps me out there racing. So that's what I learned to do. So who does your suspension? I, you mentioned that the, the bike is from uh, Pro Action KTM in, uh, in Louisville, um, but it's, it's WP suspension. Uh, who hooks you up with some work to uh, to work on those things? Uh, it's actually Tom's Aunt Racing Suspension. It's uh, this guy from... Illinois, he runs a arena cross team, and actually, I think they're they they won a couple of races already in arena cross. But Tom Zont Racing um, has done my suspension for uh, probably a good six seven years now, and I I I really do like it. It's it's uh, the best stuff that I've had, and um, the reason you saw the WP stickers on my bike is because uh, this last week I had to get it serviced, and they ripped Tom's uh, stickers off. And put their own on there, and I didn't have any more uh, TZR stickers. <laughs> so uh, he's sending me some out this week. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the suspension, I, I, I like how it feels, and uh, they do a really good job. So, But I was really glad that w, WP was able to help me out this last week before A2. Um, so I uh, can't complain there. There you go. Well, um, it, it seems like uh, all things are coming together for you, and uh, some uh, noticing with your your time qualifying, you're you're adapting to the tracks faster than ever, and uh, it's good seeing the see. Um, on the track, it seems like uh, you're a guy who really likes to flow out there. You're a technician. Um, what do you need on race day to to be most successful? And uh, and um, as far as a fun factor for motocross, uh, where does that come in as well? Uh, what was that last part? 
like as far like for as far as fun on the motocross bike, like it, being a professional motocross racer to me seems like uh, the best way to make a buck. So, uh, like, uh, where does the fun factor come in for you? Uh, the fun factor, um, man. I I really enjoy te- the technical aspect of Supercross. I enjoy the timing. Um, and our coach Brian, he does a lot of videoing, and, and he breaks down our videos and compares them to the top riders, and uh, so that's super helpful. So I can literally see on his this app that he has, I can literally see where I'm losing bike lanes at, and um, I can so I can make adjustments and try to close the gap from from my time to uh, the top riders' time. So I enjoy that challenge of, of becoming better and better. And uh, what what area of the track do you feel like you most need to improve on? Everyone's got their strength. Everyone's got weaknesses. And uh, uh, the the hugest difference between uh, the pros and uh, your weekend warriors is I like to work on the things I'm good at. You guys like to work on the things you need work on, um, which is uh, which is a, a feat in and of itself. Uh, what is it that you you yourself uh, need to work on on a regular basis to drop those lap times? Um, whoops are a good one to always work on. Um, I used to struggle in them pretty good. Actually, I, I did, did better than I thought this weekend on the, uh, the technical whoops, but, um, but whoops are one, but really like there's just a, there's just small fractions of a second everywhere on the track that, that we can make up. And so we, we really work everything coming into turns, coming out of turns, you know, uh, skipping off, uh, the second to last whoop on a dragon back or scrubbing over jumps. I mean, we really work on quite a bit, um, and if we notice something from the weekend over over the video that we watch, uh, then we'll work, you know, specifically that during the week. So whether it's um, scrubbing harder or um, coming into whoops faster, whatever it is that Brian finds on, on our video, we work that week. So that's why it's it's so key to have somebody like Brian to to film us and um, help us out. So, uh, personally, as far as your speed goes, uh, what do you feel, uh, needs to go your way to, uh, put, uh, the, the 918 into, uh, onto the, the, into the main event? Um, it's going to be little, little things here and there. Um, I was running seventh in the LCQ, um, this last week until I made a little bobble in the whoops, which I just had told you I was doing good in, <laughs> but, yeah. uh, uh, I ended up 10th and, um, it's just going to be little things here and there and uh, just me getting comfortable um, on the track. Uh, that's one thing I've been working on quite a bit is um, feeling comfortable on a track fast because we have eight minutes of free practice before we're time, and after that it's, it's game on. So um, just becoming comfortable and, and becoming uh, mentally tough and knowing that I need to be up front. And uh, after that, then, uh, you know, with a good start, then it will happen. So at this point already in the season, I've never qualified this high, um, at this close to the beginning of the season. So already I've, I've already noticed um, some huge improvements and uh, feeling good, feeling, feeling like I can uh, put in the main event next weekend, if not sooner. Well, next weekend is the soonest chance, but you know what <laughs> I mean. I uh, maybe they'll just throw you. Uh, get, given the fact that they weren't all that much helpful on Saturday night, maybe they'll just uh, give you a, a pass uh, straight to the main uh, through riders meeting. Yeah, sure, I'll take it. <laughs> no, I, <laughs> I enjoy the challenge of it, and uh, yeah, I'm just looking forward to uh, making the uh, making the gap smaller and smaller every week. 
Well, given the fa- given the events of uh, this last weekend, um, do you feel like on race day, like you guys are a mental bunch? Uh, do you feel like the the this is kind of going to light a fire under you to 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 get to that next level, or uh, do you think that it uh, might uh, weigh heavily through on you, something that might be in the back of your mind constantly? No, I mean I think it'll definitely help me. It just um, it definitely won't hurt me in any way because you know. I now I have a little more confidence just in myself that I was able to do something nobody thought I'd be able to do. So, I mean, yeah, if anything, it'd be helpful. It'll help me a lot, um, quite a bit. Um, as far as uh, help on race day, who do you have uh, spinning wrenches for you, or even uh, throwing out a pit board for you to uh, um, give you some info while you're uh, throwing down those fast lap times? Um, I don't have any one person. I have, uh, I have, I have a brother living out here. Um, he lives up in close to Sacramento. He's part of the Air Force. Um, he's a lieutenant in the Air Force. So he actually drives down and he helps me out. And then I had uh, another buddy from Colorado fly to San Diego to help me out there. So I've got um, I've got a lot of people who really help me out. And um, a buddy from back home, Michael Mathis, he, he's a pilot and uh, he will literally fly himself to any race that I need him to fly, fly to to help me out if I don't have anybody there. So um, between between those three guys, you know, I'm usually covered. And if not, there's always somebody willing to help. So, um, but yeah, I, as far as bike work goes, I do all the bike work, and I just need somebody to to be supportive and and help me at the line and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, that's it. Well, uh, if I'm able to make it down to San Diego or uh, or San Diego to or Dallas, uh, I'm personally uh, um, uh, volunteering to. Uh, to, to do all things necessary for you, my friend. <laughs> awesome, dude. I appreciate it. I don't know. Uh, I think I'll be covered in, I think I'm covered in San Diego again, but yeah, um, whenever, wherever, whoever, whoever's able to help, I'll pull them, pull them to the side and say, let's go. <laughs> Fair enough, man. Well, um, I wanted to, to, to wrap this up with a little bit more uh, personal information about you, uh, something that uh, is very close to your heart. Um, uh, I understand that you were able to uh, take part in some uh, FCA uh, events uh, earlier this uh, in the 2015 and, uh, and help out with some, uh, some young riders getting the, that experience and, uh, and moto knowledge. Uh, tell us a little bit about that as well as uh, a recent trip you did as well. Yeah, so the FCA Motocross is a, uh, you know, they, they run camps. They're an organization that uh, they put on camps throughout the United States uh, in the summertime. And I've, I've been a part of that since, you know, pretty much since the beginning of, of the organization. So I do at least one camp a year, sometimes two, sometimes three. And I think one year I did four, actually. Um, but, dude, it's, it's, it's such a fun time. And it, it, I get out, get a, quite a bit out of it that uh, it makes it, completely worth going to for me and um so i i enjoyed it. it's good for the kids it's a good experience and um they actually were able to um have me go to guatemala this year because they were doing a camp down there it was uh three days of camp and then the rest of the days we were down there uh was kind of mission work and helping out at some orphanages so it was just a really cool experience and um you know you're able, able to help some people out and it's it's just cool, man. Um, I really enjoyed it. And, and the FCA has really kind of shaped who I am today. It's, you know, they're a big part of who I am today. And um, it's just a fun group of people to be with, man. Everybody's, you know, everybody's nice. And I don't know, it's hard to say. Hard to kind of describe it, but it's a, it's a good group of people. 
Fair enough. And for anyone who wants to find a little bit more uh, about uh, your uh, personal journey as well as uh, following you on social media, where do they find you and uh, where can they uh, uh, leave you some positive comments to uh, keep you going as you uh, go continue on the road to Supercross Stardom? Yeah, so uh, on social media, it would be um, at Akaiden918. Um, and I'm on Facebook, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and then I'll be at all the races. So, you know, anything um, anything you guys want to come by and say, it's cool. I'll, I'd love to talk to you guys. No doubt. And uh, I wouldn't uh, feel right about la- letting you uh, get off the line without talking about uh, the uh, not only uh, Ryan Sipes, but the Sipes family. Uh, they're, they're from uh, Kentucky. You're from Kentucky. And uh, uh, Ryan... Uh, recently uh, got athlete of the year from the uh, AMA someone who uh, the AMA might not be high on your list but uh, they were able to uh, uh, give um, give that award to to Ryan uh, what does that mean uh, I'm sure you've probably either spun some laps or uh, chased those boys through the trees at some point dude I'll, I'll tell you what the, the whole Sipes family um, they're just awesome people um, and I've looked up to to Ryan and Pooh uh, Pooh's actually my age but I've looked up to both of them for uh, you know, since they were on the 65s and, and kicking my butt. So I've always strived to, to become fast like them. And um, they're just a great example. They're a great example to not only me, but just kids in general. They're, you know, really good people. And Ryan absolutely killed it this year, man. I'll tell you what, dude, he, he, uh, that was, that was super impressive what he did over uh, the ISPE. So yeah, he deserves every bit of that, man. He's a, he's a cool cat. And um, yeah, I'm pumped for him. That's, that's super cool. Well, right on, man. Um, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, throw down uh, the rest of uh, your sponsors to give those guys their uh, their proper uh, due and their shout out. Uh, I know you're a fly racing athlete, and uh, as this is also a fly racing podcast, we wish you all the best moving forward. Uh, I know that Oakland's going to be a, a great event for you. I hope that the the whoops are are small. You're fast in them if you're big, and uh, you'll be able to um, uh, carry some positivity forward with you throughout the rest of the series. Yeah, man, I appreciate it. Um, and as far as sponsors go, I, I can just kind of list them off if you don't care. Absolutely. Go for it, my friend. Yeah, so so the, the shop in Kentucky is uh, Pro Action KTM. They're they're super good to me. Um, and Outfront Graphics, Fly, Amsoil, FMF, Dragon, uh, Privateer Racing League, that's Brian McDonald with the coaching, uh, Tom's Aunt Racing, Sunstar, Atlas Brace, Chewy, Works Connection, Dunlop, CD Boots, uh, Moto Seat, ODI, No Toil, uh, FCA MX, Engine Ice, and Recluse. Recluse. Yep, there we go. I appreciate uh, all of them. Yeah, that, that's an impressive list, and uh, I no doubt will be uh, growing uh, as the years click off, man. Um, like I said, really big pleasure to have you on the show. Um, uh, we really look forward to hearing more from you, and uh, definitely have you on the show again before uh, the season's out. Definitely want to uh, keep tabs on you, and uh, and hope the uh, things only keep getting better for you. Yeah, dude, I'd love to. Anytime, man. Excellent. Thank you very Excellent. much. Well, uh don't uh, don't hang up just yet, but uh, for podcast sake, we'll, we'll cut it off right there. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Podcast, brought to you by X-Brand Goggles. Be sure to check out our archive for episodes you may have missed. Check out our website at BigMXRadio.com for more content.